our support to Ukraine will endure. We have provided 12 billion this year alone to help pave wages and pensions, to help keep hospitals, schools, and other services running. And through our ASAP proposal, we are ramping up ammunition production to help match Ukraine's immediate needs. Hello, I'm Vincenzo Genovese, journalist based in Brussels, where I cover European news. Today, we are talking about a really historic step taken by the European Union. For the first time ever, European funds will be used to finance the production of weapons, in particular ammunition. I'm aware that the adjective historic is probably thrown around too often in political speeches, but here I can't think of any other way to label this decision, to use European funds to finance arms production in the member states. On 20 March 2023, EU leaders agreed on a three-track approach to speed up the delivery and joint procurement of ammunition to support Ukraine against Russia's invasion. Over summer, Ukraine fired 6 to 7,000 artillery rounds each day, according to a report by Estonian Ministry of Defense. The EU committed to deliver Ukraine a million shells over 12 months, both by providing those kept in member states' stock and buying new 155mm shells. But European countries also needed to replenish their own rather limited stocks depleted after more than a year of war, and boost production to support Ukraine if the war goes on. So shortly after, on 3 of May, the European Commission in Brussels tabled a proposal for a regulation establishing this so-called Act in Support of Ammunition Production, or ASAP, which, as you know, also means as soon as possible. Its purpose was to provide the European armament industry with 500 million euros to ramp up production of ground-to-ground and artillery ammunition, as well as missiles, for the war in Ukraine. The ASAP regulation has benefited from a preferential legislative pathway. Thanks to this record-breaking fast-track procedure, it was approved by all EU institutions, the European Parliament and the Council, on 24 July. In the final vote at the EU Assembly in Strasbourg, as many as 505 parliamentarians voted in favour of the text, with only 56 against and 21 abstaining. In fact, even on the left side of the Assembly, which is traditionally more reticent about increases in the funds budgets, only the left group was opposed, along with a few non-attached MEPs and dissidents from other political families. To understand the reason for this huge consensus, I met in Strasbourg with Ville Ninisto, a Finnish MEP from the Green Sifa group, who was a so-called shadow rapporteur for the file. That means someone tasked with negotiating the topic for his political group. In a first vote on the matter in June, his group abstained, but subsequent amendments to the regulation convinced them. And there's a specific uh, uh, inserted paragraph of, about uh, making sure that these extra resources uh, with the increases of ammunition production are meant for Ukraine. And then secondly, supply our own storages that have been depleted by, by uh, supporting Ukraine. So these are the, the sole purposes of, of increases of ammunition production. 
Villeninisto acknowledges that the EU must be cautious when examining the real added value of such decisions, but is convinced that the ASAP regulation, by enabling Ukraine to protect itself against the Russian invasion, helps to support democracy. The ASAP regulation aims to boost the production of specific defense products, namely ground-to-ground and artillery munitions, as well as missiles. It lays down a framework based, on the one hand, on financial measures to support industrial reinforcement throughout the supply chain, and on the other, on harmonized regulatory measures to guarantee the availability of defense products on time and in sufficient quantities. Its financial envelope of 500 million comes from urgent reallocations from other existing defense-related programs, the European Defense Fund, EDF, and the European Defense Industry Reinforcement through Common Procurement Act, EDIRPA. However, there are cumulative and alternative sources of funding which allow member states to include ASAP-related projects in their amended national recovery and resilience plans, which funds were originally intended to help EU countries recover from the pandemic. This option has sparked controversy in some EU countries, such as Italy, where the government has pledged not to use these next-generation funds to invest in its military industry. Industrial entities wishing to benefit from this funding must demonstrate that they will increase their production capacity in the Union and ensure overall a smooth delivery to Ukraine with reduced delivery times. These companies are also encouraged to set up cross-border cooperation, as explained by EU Commissioner for Internal Market, Thierry Breton. So the principle will be that of co-financing, 40% by the Union, 60% by the member states and companies, with possible bonuses of 10% in case of partnership or priority given to production for Ukraine. We obviously encourage and I have constantly encouraged myself, companies to work in partnership, to create joint ventures, to start building a real interconnected European platform. And then there will also be 10% additional bonuses for those who will prioritize all of their production on Europe, at least at the moment. The Commission also has the possibility of recovering the subsidy granted to support production if the ammunition produced ends up in the wrong hands, Villeninisto said. We can support increases in ammunition production, EU support to that, uh, when it's based on, on supporting Ukraine and, and, and our own defence. So there, there is an exclusion in the regulation not to support exports to other third countries. And, and then there's also a limitation not to take away money from cohesion funds and EU's important social policies and other, other programmes. For Jean Pai, Secretary-General of the Aerospace, Security and Defense Industries Association of Europe, ASAP is an important step towards adapting the European defense technological and industrial base to the new security environment. But while few voices seem to be raised against this historic regulation, a couple of critics are being heard. 
during a very busy plenary session of the European Parliament in Strasbourg in July, I met Marc Botenga. He is a Belgian MEP from the left group, who also sits in the industry committee. He was also shadow rapporteur for the ASAP regulation. Botenga actually considers that the act in support of ammunition production is illegal because it does not comply with European treaties. There's an article in the treaty, Article 41, Paragraph 2, which basically says that operations having military uh, defense implications should not be charged to the EU budget. Now, it is very clear that when you're starting to produce weapons, funding the production of weapons, that this is some military implications, of course. So therefore, in my opinion, this is not legal. It's not conformed to uh, the objective of the treaty. By the way, if the European Investment Bank wants to contribute to this program, it will have to change its internal rules, because there as well they exclude weapons production from what they should support. Above all, he believes that supplying arms to Ukraine is not the main objective of this settlement. The real objective is to revive the European defense industry and create an intra-European military-industrial complex financed by public money. An objective he does not approve of at all. Yes, I don't think it's just about Ukraine. By the way, if you read the text, Ukraine's almost a detail. So what it's about here is funding and creating a, a military industrial complex inside the European Union, funded with public money. So that's something which, you know, you can't just do like this without real democratic debate. This has been imposed in less than two months. Uh, that's a lack of democracy. Another of his concerns regards workers' rights. It's also going to have a very negative impact, I'm afraid, on the workers, because even though we succeeded, thanks to the trade unions, to take out the request for workers to work longer, we can see already in France, in Germany, that companies want workers to work in a different way longer, and that's going to be very negative socially. There is no doubt that EU officials, from the president of the European Commission von der Leyen to the EU's chef diplomat Borrell, have always defended in their public interventions the link between the need to support Ukraine and the boost to the dormant armament industry in the EU. But it's also true that the war in Ukraine acted as an alarm bell for the European Union's defense and security policy, from relationship with NATO to the idea of a common army, as we have investigated in a previous episode of Voices from Brussels. And there is no end in sight. The European Parliament recently approved the European Defence Industry Reinforcement through Common Procurement Act, EDIRPA, a short-term instrument for the reinforcement of the European defence industry through common procurement with a 300 million euros budget to finance jointed purchases made by at least three member states together. In parallel, EU officials are pushing member states to increase their defence budgets. After all, Le Breton urged European defence companies to get into war economy mode when he presented the ASAP regulation. As the war drags on, Ukraine and the EU in general, may be left increasingly on its own to deal with its costs and other fallout. Volodymyr Zelensky may have realized this during his visit to the United States. Republican politicians are increasingly lukewarm about the cost of supporting this faraway country. MEP Raza Yuknevichene, 
a member of the centre-right European People's Party, expresses just this sentiment in an interview with my colleague Enzinho Radias in Lithuania. The countries of the European Union must change their approach to security and defence and increase their spending, because it is not sustainable to live on the guarantees of others. This is not only because the US administration may change or the attitude of politicians will change, but the American population starts asking why so much money should be spent on defence when some countries like Germany are not able to spend 1.5% and instead is spending that money on the social welfare of its people. Whether it is a good step for European integration or a decision forced by an increasingly hostile environment, the European Union is ready to ramp up its military production and it will spare no expense to get its point. Whether this will suffice addressing the EU's ammunition challenge, time will tell. That's all for today. I'll be back soon with other stories and topics of discussion from Brussels. Stay tuned.